Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Katie Binkley. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. 250. 
uh, a Valentine's episode we were going to do in, you know, sometime in, in like the beginning of season two. And unfortunately, that that uh, was also lost forever because I did not have the microphone input set to the right setting. Anyway, neither here nor there. Point being, I fucked up again. Uh, good thing I got it out of the way right at the beginning of season three. So that means we will never have another fuck up and we will never lose another episode. So this week, what we're going to do, um, you know, normally this this also wouldn't be that much of an issue. We would just kind of shuffle things around a little bit and we would uh, we would make it work. But uh, me having the genius idea to do this season A to Z, uh, you know, I, I need to stay alphabetical and we did not have time or do not have time to record another episode uh, in the, you know, since this one got messed up. So we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. I am going to provide you all with a commentary track for the chipmunk adventure. Um, we, uh, I did not want to subject Dan and Katie to doing the episode over again. And like I said, we didn't want to, uh, watch a new movie and then record it. We just, this is the only alternative to keep us, uh, on schedule and, uh, keep us with the letter C so that the alphabet doesn't go A, B, D. And then if people are like, what happened? And, and we say, don't worry about it. Don't just look the other way. Um, so here we are. Uh, I am going to, like I said, record for you a commentary track on the Chipmunk Adventure. And I am going to be watching this on YouTube right now because somebody uh, with username Kane Alvin subscri- uh, uh, uploaded this video six months ago to the YouTube. And uh, it has not yet been taken down. I like to think that this is the most passionate Alvin and the Chipmunks fan in the world who is like, if YouTube takes it down, I'm going to put it right up the next day. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And he just keeps making sure that the world has the Chipmunk adventure uh, at its disposal. So here we go. Uh, You can cue this up on YouTube yourself, or if you own the movie or if you want to pay for the rental somewhere, you can go ahead and do that. And if you want to just listen along, it's not going to be that much different from our normal episode. We do go pretty you know, beat by beat. The only difference is that uh, Dan and Katie will not be joining me here. I'm going to be flying solo. So if you are uh, not interested in what I have to say, peace out to you. I will see you next week for another episode of 90 Under 90. But until then, I'm going to keep going here with uh, the real episode. So here we go. Pressing play right now. The Chipmunk Adventure pressing play. Okay, so this is the uh, Bagdasarian Productions presents. Now, as I was starting to say in the uh, uh, in the episode that we were recording with Dan and Katie, is that I was fascinated by the story behind the ch- uh, like the Chipmunk property. You know, like the the song was written like in the '60s, the the you know the Chipmunk song, and then uh, they you know they started releasing more albums and whatnot and then like that eventually led to a a a tv show of some in various forms you know but then there was a a a break period in like the 70s or something like that and then in the 80s the son of the guy who originally created the chipmunks like revived it in his own way like you know kind of like updated the look of the animation and everything and that's the 80s Alvin and the Chipmunks that I and and perhaps many of you grew up watching. Uh, 
they were the you know they had uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks TV show. They also had the um, the the uh, Chipmunks go to the movies or Chipmunks at the movies or whatever, where they did you know their own versions of like Back to the Future and Batman. So those were you know things that we were familiar with growing up. But this is really, I would say, our primary uh, exposure to the uh, the Chipmunks. You know, I I watched this far more than I watched anything else related to the Chipmunks, and I think uh, Dan would agree with me there. Um, but yeah, it's like a it's like a family operation, the Chipmunks, and it has never really left the family. Um, I, I guess, or only recently have they, you know, put it up for sale or something like that. But um, yeah, uh, it's kind of like as if Dan's fart blocks characters were like, you know, if they became popular uh, and people uh, were aware of them, which the whole world should be aware of fart blocks. If you're not, go to YouTube and, and look for fart blocks. There's three episodes as of right now. And they just keep getting better. But it would be like if Fart Blocks was released and got super popular and then went away and then like my kids grow up or if Dan's, you know, if he decides to have kids, which I don't think Dan wants kids, but, you know, if like if my kid or his kid grew up and then was just like, all right, we're going to revive the Fart Blocks, but keep it in the... It's just, it's interesting to me that they had like an NBC Saturday morning cartoon and yet the entire operation pretty much stayed in house or at least like owned by the same family you know it's 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 rare that a property uh like this can stay in its original family um so yeah dave is uh getting ready he's in a panic here he's getting ready to go to europe for whatever reason um we did theorize uh well dan told us a story about his uh movie club of which there are uh, several uh, uh, queer members, uh, and and therefore the you know the queer community has a, a, a very loud voice in Dan's movie club, um, or a very you know fair voice. Just be I, you know you know what I'm saying. Like you know they're they're represented. That's the word I'm looking for. A represented voice, and uh, I guess they watched this movie not too long ago like maybe last year or something like that and everybody was theorizing that like that dave's got some daddy energy going on here like he he like so the 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 narrative that we assume is that dave is going to europe right now to to cruise for some european d that's what he's looking for right now um you know i mean hey let's see if the evidence piles up as we go along here that was a, a conversation we had after the fact and now here we are. You know, Dave, Dave, he's got a little bit of an effeminate energy. I'm not going to lie. Um, but then, you know, that doesn't automatically make him gay. He's wearing a pink shirt here, but that's, you know, that's fine. All right. So Miss Miller is here and she's going to be looking after the, the chipmunks. Um, she's old and obviously can't hear very well. So there, you know, that, that will come into play later on. And I guess she, I don't remember her being a part of the show, but I guess she was a part of the old show. Now they're in what? A diner or something like that i don't this is a, an odd setting that they're in some kind of cafe or restaurant or something like that wherein there's a video game around the world in 30 days which hey good on whoever came up with this game for being able to speed up the transportation around the world you know knocked off 50 days that's pretty damn cool um in a hot air balloon though which doesn't seem like the most effective mode of transportation and then you got these two <laughs> these these two characters uh, the villains of this movie, 
Um, Dan posed the question, who would play these in a live action uh, adaptation of this of these characters? You know, we've had live action uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks so far, but if these characters made it into those movies, who would play him? I said that right there would be Jane Lynch playing Claudia. And Klaus, I said, would be Javier Bardem uh, with pretty much the same haircut that he had in No Country for Old Men. Um, I cannot remember what Dan said. My apologies. Uh, I will, you know, maybe I'll send out a tweet later if he if it was good enough. Um, smoking cigarettes in this. This is a little odd, you know, to see. There's some smoking in here, and then later on, you know, Miss Miller refers to, you know, asks if David is drunk. So, you know, some, you know, it's 1987 watching this, you know, it's, it's interesting to see some things that they got away with back then that they don't get away with these days. You'd never see anybody smoking cigarettes in a a kid's cartoon these days. These balloons, I like when you watch like games and stuff in, in movies or something like that, where there's like fake or like, especially in animated things. And then you like cut to like a far away shot and really it's just like one little image just kind of like hovering around and that's all those balloons were doing was just moving in two spots right now. Um so yeah, because they're really good at this uh video game, I guess the the villains of this movie get this brilliant idea which you know, I mean it makes perfect sense to me. I grew up playing Mario games and therefore as a result I am uh I got to say I have pretty advanced indoor plumbing skills just naturally because of all the Mario that I played growing up and uh uh you know I'm I'm certainly not afraid to take on giant dragons either if I'm faced with them what would you call Bowser or Koopa see I knew him as Koopa he's I, you know, I call him a dragon I always call him a dragon but he's I guess he's not really technically a dragon doesn't really fly around it's just like a big spiky turtle and Sophie Frank Welker doing Sophie because, of course, it's a, an animal voice and, and I don't know. He must have it in his contract that, like, he gets uh, right of first refusal on any animal in anything ever. And all of his dogs sound the same, too. I'm just, I'm just going to say that. Here's my hot take. All of Frank Welker's dogs sound the same. Doesn't matter the size of the dog being drawn they also, you got this little tiny little whatever this is, a Shih Tzu maybe or, or something like that. I don't know what this this type of dog, I'm not a dog guy, I'm a cat guy, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I I like them more. They, they can fuck off and do their own thing. This guy kind of looks, this guy, I could see Adam Driver kind of playing this role too, this Klaus role. Yeah, I guess it's a little similar to House of Gucci. Uh, you got the Chipettes in this movie and the Chipmunks. Um, the Chipettes, you know, that we we made it. We we commented about how you know it it was the eighties, and therefore whenever you had characters that were popular and you had to do like uh the opposite gender, it always looked exactly like the main characters. So yeah, you got Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, and then you got Brittany, Jeanette, and Eleanor, and uh, yeah, likewise they they each you know the tall and skinny ones got the glasses, the short one who likes green is also a little thick in the waist on both sides, and then you got 
Brittany and Alvin, who are just all all ego. But Brittany doesn't have to wear a hat. That's what's interesting, is you know, like that you know, she doesn't. Uh, they don't go full on. You know, full parallel. Dan also mentioned that uh, Jeanette is basically Katie. So if any of you were ever wondering, you know, if you haven't seen her Instagram, uh, KTB Cosplay Girl, uh, with a U, I believe. Uh, if you don't know what she looks like, just uh, just imagine what uh, uh, Jeanette looks like, but with, uh, you know, a human face as opposed to a vaguely chipmunk face. And also maybe, I don't know, maybe... Katie doesn't perpetually have a uh, a really messy bun like Jeanette has in her hair. Um, okay, so here's where the boys are about to pull off their big scheme. You know, they're recording artists, so naturally they have this equipment sitting around their house. And uh, they're going to sociopathically, like, <laughs> manipulate Dave's words. They're going to record a big, long conversation and chop it all up and then use his words to confuse an old lady later on uh again not sociopathic in the least um they're calling europe and uh okay let's see some more evidence here he's in a very yeah i'm gonna admit he's in a fairly feminine room you know, there's a lot of pinks and purples here you got this like drapery over there he's in a king-size bed by himself at least he he is right now who knows if anyone else is or will be sharing that bed with him and uh yeah Simon wants no part of this because he's he's the smart one but you know what he always gets roped into the shit so how smart can you be Simon honestly like you're going to let Alvin call the shots just because he is relentless I the sound you know obviously Theodore has some uh, trouble there a moment ago with the um with the recording device, and that that will repeat itself in a little bit. But uh, the 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 noises that the recorder made, or at least the the words, quote unquote, that come out of the tape recorder later, uh, I remember repeating a lot. Oh, here's another here's a commercial break live in the movie. I like that when these animated movies do that. And uh, she's singing uh, "Come On to My House," right? And uh, yeah, that's a that's a Dave Seville, you know, song, you know, a Ross Bagdasarian song, along with uh, Witch Doctor later in the movie. That's another one. We got Theodore just stuffing his fucking face. Like, come on, like he. First of all, he's not that much fatter than the other ones too, you know. But like. Second of all, it's like, like, come on, man, like, to maybe help the kid out. Maybe he's got a problem and needs some help. Look at that. They, holy shit. There's some Cheerios there in the bottom corner. You don't see the full box, but that's interesting. I love seeing animated. Ver- oh, my God, you do see Cheerios. Holy shit. I'm, uh, I'm surprised. There's a, there's a little bit of product placement in there that I was not expecting. Uh, I love seeing animated versions of real-life products. I don't know why. I always have. See our episode on Eight Crazy Nights from this past December. Uh, yeah, the, these words that are coming out of the the the, the curling symbol that's something that I remember Dan and I used to say like a lot. I don't remember why. 
than when we were kids. It just stuck with us. And finally, it works. It's, uh, you know, Miss Miller is, uh, yeah, taking advantage of an old lady who doesn't seem to really be completely on the ground anyway, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe the boys are better off. And here they are, just like that. They're on their way to Europe. He he also just said, like, that's, <laughs> you know, the, the, the plan, thank God Miss Miller is a simp, because, you know, he just says, meet me in Europe, and like, well, where? Where in Europe do you want these boys to go? That could be anywhere. There's there's many countries in Europe. I'm still like we watched it already, but I'm still like I, I find this whole and we we talked about it when we recorded the episode, this whole um plot that the villains have in this movie to okay like they don't have anybody to deliver diamonds so they're gonna send these kids around the world to you know replace to deliver some diamonds and pick up cash basically and that's you know in the form of these dolls obviously the stuff is stuffed inside the dolls which we also commented merchandising opportunity that seems like lost you know that could have been really cool to have some chipmunks and chipettes dolls with some like diamonds in it obviously some just little plastic fake little gem looking things but you know missed opportunity so anyway yeah they don't have time they don't have anyone to deliver these diamonds but they had somebody there to set up the dolls in those locations with the cash it's like it seems like this was a very expensive operation to go undercover and uh I don't know how worth it it was. Yeah, they are... uh, Simon, you know, looking out for the other team, but she, uh, you know, Brittany ain't having it. Brittany's got that same Alvin attitude. This is a very spacious balloon, I gotta say. I, I wouldn't mind, like, camping out inside of the basket of this hot air balloon. It's... Pretty damn big. All right, so Javier Bardem is about to... (laughs) He's about to let the balloons go. Here we go. Now we're off. We are off on our hot air balloon adventure. All the chipmunks have that same kind of, like... That sassy delivery, and everybody has this kind of cadence. It's it's really strange. I don't know why they do that. I guess that's just, you know what? Maybe the creators, to give them some credit, they were just like, look, chipmunks don't have to talk like humans. They can all talk a little bit like this. Like, they're all annoyed. Like, every chipmunk seems to be annoyed with everything that you're saying at all times. It's a decent score in this movie. This movie has a banger soundtrack, which we talked about again. A lot of this, also, a lot of the rest of this commentary is going to be me saying, we talked about this. Um, But yeah, banger soundtrack. I, I, I think we all agreed that, you know, next to, like, a goofy movie, this is probably, like, the second best soundtrack from our youths. You know, you know, and we're not talking, like, you know, 
Well, no, that includes Disney movies. I mean, like, fuck it, I'll include Aladdin in there and Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, all those Lion King, all those good Disney soundtracks from the renaissance of, of my youth. They don't have nothing compared to Goofy Movie and the Chipmunk Adventure in terms of the original songs. Also, the original songs. That's a it's a strange like the chipmunks mostly do covers, so it was weird for me to hear like so many original songs. Cause I don't know, like my, I hadn't seen this movie in so long that my memory was like, Oh, you know, all these songs existed, but I'm like, no, these are all original songs for this movie. I don't know if like the T V show they all had original songs and whatnot, but I'm just doing the voice of Klaus right now playing with Sophie so yeah we uh, the the first drop the first pickup or drop off yeah pick first exchange is very different for both sides the girls have it way harder than the boys do not of it yet Claudia I like this guy I, I I don't know what his energy is you know he's he's he seems a little uh maybe he's maybe he's hanging out with Dave sometimes that's all man all right so you got this butler who's like an informant that's another thing this like plot is so convoluted for a kid's movie you got like this butler who's an informant who like for the CIA or whatever, or Interpol or whatever. Like it's 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 crazy. The kids don't know what's going on in this movie. I still don't know what's I'm an adult and I'm still like, why do they need to like it doesn't make sense that they're doing all this with the diamonds and the balloons and whatnot. Just get one one guy. And then you got these two guys, these thugs, who look like Tommy Tiny Lister and and like I don't know, all and a a large Joe Pesci, and then this guy who looks like kind of like a Cuban John Lovitz or something like that. Wow, they look they like this balloon does not look like it landed safely on this island, or maybe not this island. They're in like Mexico City, right? Oh no, this is the girls. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, this is the girls, and yeah, so like, oh yeah, because they went through the storm. That's right. See, I, I just watched this a week ago, and I'm already like, "What? What's happened here?" I'm trying. I'm also distracted by talking to you people here. Okay, so yeah, here we go. We're moving over to the docks now, and it's like that's way different compared to what the boys have to do here look at them like safely landing in mexico city beautiful all these birds flying around a rio oh no it is mexico see now i sound like an idiot like theodore because i'm listening to the movie like i should like i'm taking the actual the movie at face value when it's clearly a joke so yeah they The boys have the simple drop-off of just like, oh, yeah, just put the thing by the fast food counter. And the girls are going to have to, like, plunge into the ocean in order to make their first drop-off. Like, what's that all about? And then, you know, we theorize that there's a little... That perhaps Don Bluth was behind the filming of this movie and said that we need to get the girls in two-piece bathing suits as soon as possible so they can get underwater and they can get all wet. (laughs) 
you're talking to a closed window, Theodore. Like, seriously, he's just listing food. There's nobody even there. And also, how does this fast food restaurant work? Like, you put, you give the people the money at the counter, and then your food comes out on this weird conveyor belt covered with a sombrero? That must be how this works, but I wouldn't, like, I'd be like, can a person hand me this food? I don't want machinery involved in just transporting a bag into my hands. We got some uh, guns, gunplay in this movie, too. I mean, it's a little stereotypical. This movie is is very uh, uh, racist. I mean, to be polite, like, I don't know how honorable this is to the culture. Here we get our first song. And, uh, yeah, some of these lyrics aren't so, <laughs> aren't so great. But you know what? Kind of a catchy song, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm just listening to the song right now, and I, I shouldn't. I should actually be talking to you. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, now we got, like, okay, so, like, look. We got these spies. Okay, so the spies aren't working for Klaus and Claudia. I'm going to piece this all together with everybody else. And meanwhile, there's probably somebody listening to me like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the chipmunk adventure, and you need to, like, figure things out here? So, like, okay. You got the butler informing Cuban-looking John Lovitz, and Cuban-looking John Lovitz is like, go make sure that these kids don't like if you're trying to bust somebody like wouldn't you want to build a case against them i don't that's that's where i'm kind of confused because like you would think that yeah just let them commit all the crimes that and, and we'll get the evidence of it and then you know we can use that all against them i don't know i'm a lawyer i'm a podcaster Okay, so yeah, uh, this I I say Joe Pesci just because he's got a gold tooth like fucking Harry from Home Alone, but you know he does kind of I don't know this guy looking out for the kids you know it's like oh of course you need your doll so, so that could have been nothing he could have just thrown that out and thankfully oh gosh look at this this says uh, quite the workout room. And this guy's in like a tanning, like, fucking room. I've like I've seen tanning beds, but like this guy's just lounging in the back of a chair. Okay, see this is see what I'm talking about. Like, look, they don't like this. Ain't like just a closed fast food. They had to get onto a boat. They had to change their wardrobe. They have to scuba dive. We don't know that any of these girls know how to scuba dive. And also, I don't know how to scuba dive. Like, I I don't you have to like have an instructor help you scuba dive but yeah they go under and again it's just like oh yeah uh just you know make the exchange in that abandoned boat underwater and they have to like swim their way down to the bottom like it's a mario 64 level and uh yeah get to the boat and make the exchange 
in their bathing suits. Yeah, again, Brittany in a two-piece because she's over-sexualized, as all female cartoons were, if they're not the nerdy one or the chubby one. You know, then they're obviously the sex pot, which is what Brittany clearly is in this movie. She's, you know, not that far removed from Lola Bunny, the original Lola Bunny, not the Zendaya Lola Bunny, which totally, you know, made up for anything that happened in 1996. At least they got they got a guy underwater helping them out there. So like, okay, you know, now you got somebody involved as opposed to the Mexican restaurant. But you know, so the one guy's gonna go after him again. Like they don't know. Like okay, you got this. I guess Aquaman is helping him. This guy kind of does look like an old portrayal of Aquaman. His blonde hair. Like okay, don't come into my treasure room. There's a whole chest here. Like. Like no, just just the diamonds with the, just the dolls. Like if he really want, if this guy is clearly supposed to be helping Klaus and Claudia, so that you know the exchange happens and gets made, then why wouldn't he also give them the rest of this money on this ship? Hmm? Think about that. That's a that's a fairly decent looking shark right there that's a, that's an intimidating shark you know it's like sometimes cartoons don't look scary or they look just like bloated and this is that was something they used, they used to do that more in the 80s i think you don't you don't often see this anymore well first of all you don't see too many 2d animated things anymore but especially when you do now it's like the characters are always like character looking and this just looks like a real actual shark it like it reminds me a little bit of uh uh like secret of nim when there's like the cat you know it's just kind of like a scary cat <laughs> i don't know this guy just like these guys keep getting foiled at every cause and like they seem to be right on pace with the chipmunks and the chipettes both which is really strange because they're floating around in a balloon so it's like how do they know exactly when they're going to get to their location they just somehow always get there before them or with them. It's like Slugworth in Willy Wonka. Like they just keep showing up and they're like, how did you do that? But at least I'm asking that question. Getting to the voices here. Like all three of the Chipettes are voiced by one woman, the director of this movie, by the way, too. That's the other thing that I wanted to mention was like how impressed I was. Like, I guess it's not that impressive because these voices are clearly, you know, sped up, and so therefore they, uh, you know, it's easier to to do a voice, but like they don't sound that different anyway. Also, but just the fact that like again, keeping it in house, like this, when the son revived the show, he does the voice of Alvin and. Simon, and then the wife of his does the voice of all three Chipettes and Theodore, and uh, I just think that's kind of cool. So it's just it's interesting to hear when you're watching all three of these Chipettes in the same scene. Just know it's just it's just one woman talking to herself, And I'd like to think that she like really gets into character each time and like puts on a pair of fake glasses when she's recording for Jeanette and like 
doesn't worry about what she's eating the day that uh, she's doing Eleanor. Puts her hair in a couple of pigtails. I like this song here. This this off to see the world. It's very 80s, but like I dig it. I don't know why. I got no cuz it's from my youth. That's why. You see uh, you, you know most of their adventure happens here in montage form because I guess the production costs got cut or budget got slashed or whatever, but like there was supposed to be more time spent in other countries and uh that did not happen, so you know we get this kind of a montage here. This is another thing, like to the locations wherein they make these doll exchanges. Just, just like oh, it's gonna be on the the fucking ski lift, and uh, yeah, hopefully no one will knock it off, and hopefully you know you'll find the right ski lift. Taking a lot of chances, Klaus and Claudia. You know, if if they're worried, just like find some new person to do the transporting to. Traffic these diamonds. This isn't even a montage anymore. It's literally just a series of pictures. And apparently, here's the other cool thing about hot air balloons. You don't have to pilot them or or control them in any way. You can just take a nap right there in the basket of of a hot air balloon and just let it float to its next location. That's something that never gets discussed in this movie is how they make it from location to location, just wandering aimlessly in a hot air balloon. How do you control the direction of a hot air balloon? I get that you you know, you you heat the balloon and it goes up and down. Like I get that, but it's all wind, right? You're just relying on the wind? Or is there a way for you to like direct a hot air balloon? Write to us at 90under90 at gmail.com if you are a hot air balloon pilot. I don't what do you even call somebody who controls a hot air balloon? A controller? It's fucked up, man. <laughs> Did the little brat get wet? <laughs> That's a line that we used to say a lot as kids. This uh, butler-looking guy with his Hitler mustache, man, like he's not, uh, he's kind of a, he's an interesting-looking character, as is Klaus with his weird, skunky locks. I, I, I don't know what inspires a character design like this other than Pepe Le Pew. And, uh, yeah, apparently this... Um, raft or you know whatever he's floating on here this floating lounge chair is uh filled with compressed helium because yeah he's flying around the fucking pool like it's a balloon Sophie my baby it's a very large pool that I just want to be in right now I like that it's a shallow pool. I don't really dig swimming, but I do like just sitting in a pool or just kind of like half floating in a pool. That's pretty cool. All right, where are we at now? We're in, what, Greece? Yeah, we're in Athens right now. Okay. 
so like you know he says he's never been to Athens but you know the chipmunks are fucking like world recording artists that Dave just works to the bone right like Dave's taking a vacation on the dollar of the chipmunks you know that stealing an apple look it didn't work for Aladdin I mean, I guess it kind of worked for Aladdin. Also, the size of this apple is, like, literally the size of their head. If I had an apple the size of my head, man, my kids would be happy. That's for damn sure. They both love their apple. Can I have an apple? I want apple. Okay, we get some Jeanette underwear here, which I don't care for. I'm not comfortable with that. Her skirt is a little too short. She's a child, for God's sakes. Like, let's not... uh, Let's cover this girl up. That's all. And this, you know, becomes the, the, the crucial part of the movie wherein, you know, in the middle of this world adventure where they have to transport these dolls filled with diamonds, it, it, it is important to take a moment to show the other opposing team that you can out rock and roll them. That's one of the, the, the most, like, if you really want to get... I think it's a, like it's it's kind of a psych move to be honest with you. Like if you really want to like fuck with somebody's travels, you would just like out rock and roll them, and then when they leave, they were like, "God damn it!" They like they out rock and rolled me, and I don't even know how I'm gonna get to this place now. Dave looking to buy a souvenir for his boys. This is where we think that Dave was meeting up with his boyfriend because this is where he spends the most time, really. Like, we see him in Paris, but, like, you know, he was just there for a night. Now here he is in Athens, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry, i got to take a moment to listen to this song. This is This is the highlight of the movie. And some of the action, like, the, the, the moves on this are that these... Man, I don't know who out rock and rolls who because they 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 both both sides got the moves is all I'm going to say. Um but yeah, in terms of like these poses and the animation direction in this uh it's worth noting that uh a lot of I guess uh that you know in in after the failure of the Black Cauldron on Disney's part, you know, a lot of animators got laid off and that's what uh Kind of led to the the formation of uh, the Don Bluth Company, which we've talked about a few times on this show, the Don Bluth Company. And, um, but yeah, so like, I guess that uh, this movie also benefited from having a lot of former Disney animators who were out of work uh, come on, coming over to work on this, uh, on this film. And uh, again, I did not compare this I should have actually taken a look at like some old Alvin and the Chipmunks shows and seen how the animation holds up because, I mean, like my memory of the Aladdin TV show was like, hey, this is pretty good animation, and then I like I saw something of it, and I was like, oh god, that's that's not good at all. That's that's really bad. We the gather rock and roll. Tell me this ain't a killer song. Tell me. You tell me this ain't a killer song, and I'll tell you, um, hey, look, everybody, here's a liar. (laughs) 
this fucking statue that this could like this Medusa looking statue. So yeah, this is their near miss with Dave. He's just feet behind these two large <laughs> gentlemen crawling up these stairs. Um, you you'd think that he'd be a little more like concerned if he thought he did see his boys to see two large men like crawling after them. Also, seems like a dangerous place to stand uh, right there on the edge of a hot air balloon. Um, and yeah, like they're just here. Here they are just spinning and, and barely holding on to the balloon all to all in the name of rock and roll. So, I mean, credit where it's due, you know, they'll live the life and, and they'll die the life if they have to. No, it couldn't have been my boys. Could it? Oh, well, I guess I'll just go find Fernando. I assume it's Fernando. I don't know, man. Please don't be offended. This is These are all theories that we... that, that Theories that are supported by the gay community, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, this is where she's singing Come On In My House. I thought she was singing it earlier because uh, I got the sound down. You know, I don't want the microphone to pick up any sound, so I'm kind of watching this on silent. But now I remember. Yeah, all this this sudsy scene. This is a, a an interesting little moment of who's on first comedy here. Um, that I kind of like. I it it works. It is some some classic comedy that I think actually kind of holds up. Um. You know, and she's so they're both pretty absent minded. Both Miss Miller and Dave are pretty absent minded and and he also is very willing to just kind of let this whole conversation go. He's like, I, I really need to talk to the boys. I'm really worried about them and then she's just like, I'm confused and then he's like, Never mind, I don't need to talk to them. I'm not worried anymore. You know, usually when I uh leave the boys, like if, if we you know if if my wife and I go out to dinner and maybe we have a sitter or, or somebody come by and watch the kids, you know, we'll, we'll call the check up on them. And if, uh, if, if they're, if we, you know, how, Hey, how's everything going? And if they're like, oh, I'm just confused. I'll be like, Oh, cool. never mind. We don't need to worry about it right now. And then I hang up and Caitlin's like, how are the boys? And I'll be like, I don't know. She was confused, but I'm sure it's all good. Let's go back to Italy or wherever is next on our European vacation. Is he doing work? Do you think what he's... Uh, you know what? I, I'm, this is coming to me right now. I think that Dave is setting up... Uh, like, he's getting... He, he's What he's doing is some relations work right here. He's getting to know some venue managers so that he can exploit the chipmunks internationally. You got the uh, the old sphinx there. You know the old sphinx. Some more probably offensive portrayals of <laughs> of other uh, other nationalities. You know, riding their camels and and throwing their hooks <laughs> onto hot air balloons. I also feel like the girls are faced with a lot more peril than the boys are. It's not fair. They they are now deflecting, you know, just 
basically it's like Mad Max Fury Road almost. It's not that far removed. You know, you just get a couple cars, you know. If these all if they all just had a little bit more money, this would be Mad Max Fury Road, but instead it's just with camels. They're at the point now where they're ditching their luggage, except you know, she don't want that dress or whatever the fuck that thing is to go. More more crashing in the hot air balloon. See, I'm telling you, you can't control a hot air balloon. There's no point in even trying. So they get taken to the uh, the chic prince, I guess it is here. And this is, uh, hey, if you ever wanted to hear what <laughs> an offensive uh, Arab uh, Bart Simpson sounded like, here we go. Nancy Cartwright doing the voice of this prince. Before the Simpsons were really a thing, I, I mean, maybe the they were doing Tracy Ullman shorts by 1987, but uh, yeah, this it's you know there's not many voices in this movie, and this is one of the few voices, and it's a little unfortunate that this is like the only <laughs> one of the only few other performances. But I get the girls. Read the room, man, too. Like, they they ain't interested, Prince. Don't matter what you got. You sitting on your throne of pillows. They don't want you. I like Eleanor's Diane Keaton look that she's got going in this movie. I, I don't know what inspires that, like, <laughs> for, you know, a child. And Jeanette just in general looks like a mess she's wearing this turtleneck that's like really loose and like this short skirt and like no leggings or anything it's it's confusing britney's got this whole 80s like i don't know like flash dance kind of a thing going on i guess but yeah jeanette just looks like a hot mess and and eleanor's got this diane keaton kind of look wearing her bow tie or not a bow tie her necktie and a vest What is a twerp? And here we go with some more, you know, over-sexualized, like, you know, this is basically Slave Leia. And this is, this is, like, the outfits that I think they're stuck in for the rest of this movie at this point, right? Like, these belly dancer outfits? Yes, yes, give them in the ones, uh, once they're in the belly dancer outfits, don't take them out unless you want to take them out, if you know what I'm saying. But if you don't want to take them out of their clothing, then just keep them in the belly dancer outfits. They're gifted a baby penguin from, like, the opposite end of the globe. Um, It's pretty damn cute, I guess. Reminds me of the... The penguin from again Mario sixty four. You want to talk like you have to deliver this baby penguin to the to the mother. Then there's that other baby penguin, and you bring that to the mom. She don't want that baby. She's like fuck you. Get this ain't my baby. Fuck off with this baby. That may have been Dan's joke. Can't remember. Want to give credit where it's due, but I don't remember which one of us said that in the episode that is now lost, lost to time. So 
this giant palace where like nothing in it. Like I don't understand. Like it, you know, the animated idea of like castles and palaces and stuff like that is so funny because they're always like so huge and cavernous, and there's like never anything really in them. And now you got this room where, like, architecturally speaking, makes no sense with the rest of the palace. You got these really fucking weird snake columns, and and here we go. Yeah, talking about more sexual sexualization. You got they're about to charm these snakes, you know, with with their with their charms, with their navels, their exposed belly buttons. That's what they're really gonna charm them with, and their sparkly see-through pants. Um, but yeah, the choice of lyrics to get lucky with you. What? Tell me what I got to do to get lucky with you. Like, are you kidding me? Reminds me a little bit of, uh, it's got a little, um, crazy little thing called love energy, this song, which, you know, I, I guess I, I can't, again, I can't complain about, but I can complain about the lyrics. It's it makes me uncomfortable. Lucky with you, like what are you? Why are you trying to get lucky with the snakes? And here again, the peril that these girls are faced with versus the boys. And these snakes are giant, by the way. Look at them; they are like. She's, like, that's like the size of a slide. Okay, this is a more realistic-looking sized snake, you know? Like, we're not talking, like, a Jafar-sized snake. Ooh, getting lucky. Like, now they're just, like, they're getting into it, you know? They've charmed the snakes at this point. Yeah, I'm sorry. These lyrics are just making me uncomfortable. Though I'm I'm actually sitting here to listen to them more carefully and I'm regretting doing that because it makes me feel dirty because I'm like, "Oh, now I understand the words more." Cuz you know, like sometimes you hear a song and you just let the words gloss over you, but when you pay attention, it's like, "Ugh." Okay, so now they were told to replace the dolls that they have with the dolls of the opposite gender. But now here we are, and there's a mix of dolls on this table, both boys and girls. So it's like they just took the whole armful of dolls. At this point, we don't even know what we're transporting. Are you taking the cash and the diamonds? Like, what's happening here? And then she's got that cooler. That's right, because we need to make a weird pit stop to Antarctica. Don't worry, guys. I'm sorry. We just need to take a quick detour to the bottom of the globe. All right. Where are we now? In the jungle. Oh, yeah. This this is the, uh, the next most racist portrayal of any uh, type of non-American. Um... Yeah, I uh, I can't sleep in sleeping bags. I don't know about you folks, but like I can't. I I think they they're terrible. I think camping is one of the worst things that uh, you can do. I don't understand why people want to sleep in like a, a, a what is essentially a giant bag of hot air, and I'm referring to a tent. They're never comfortable. And they always get hot.
And inevitably, it always rains whenever I have gone camping, and then my tent would get wet, and it'd be like, what the fuck? Theodore, a little wary about this place, a little little scared. Poor little butterball, but you know what? He's right to be scared, because look what happens to him. Gets snatched by a pair of arms. And then they wake up. This is like the Blair Witch Project. They wake up the next morning and somebody's gone and then like they find a bunch of sticks arranged in a very specific pattern or a bunch of rocks, a bunch of piles of rocks. And then see, now this, you know, leads us into uh, another song eventually, which is weird because like we do get a cover in this movie. So it's, it's strange that it's like they have their cake and they eat it too. They, they cover a song like the chipmunks are wont to do. And then they also just have this movie loaded with original songs. It works for me. It's a, it's a kind of like uh, the Muppets, you know, like the Muppet show, they didn't really perform original songs. They performed, you know, covers of popular songs. And then you make the Muppet movie, and it's just like, no, this is all original music. And I don't know. I wonder if that threw people off. Speaking of throwing people off... Uh, Thank God Alvin has this giant letter A on his sweater. Like, what are the chipmunks actually wearing? They're wearing, like, giant sweaters, like just big turtlenecks. Do they have pants on underneath there? Or is this, like, some kind of weird onesie thing? They're just, like, they're covered almost head to toe. But hey, you know what? I'll bet you that actually makes sense. Now that I'm thinking about it, they you don't have to draw legs. You know, you just draw a couple little feet moving. Yeah, this ain't this ain't a racist portrayal of I don't even know what they're supposed to be. They're just like this is just some kind of like island or or just some some kind of like lost tribe of people. It reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest almost. I guess they're going to sacrifice Theodore. Just stuff in his face full of fruit, whatever. Just a bowl of whatever. This uh, this chief or whatever this tribal guy is with this big giant head thing on, um, he's got some breasts. This guy's got some titties on him. I'm just going to say it. Now, if the girls weren't skimpy enough, the boys are, like, almost naked for the rest of this movie. This is really, like, they don't get to change after this, as far as I remember. Alvin, with his attitude. Gets you nowhere, Alvin. Meanwhile... The girls are making their, you know, just waking up in their hot air balloon, hoping that they're anywhere near Antarctica. Like, they're not... <laughs> Again, I I don't... It's, it's, it's a cartoon. It's a fantasy. So, like, you know, it doesn't have to make full sense, but I, I don't know. I just... I'm like, how the hell do they get anywhere? Just hope that the planet... And the winds all just lay in the right directions. 
Eleanor looking extra thick in this outfit. Um, you know, she doesn't look as chubby when she's got full clothes on. It looks like they added more to her gut. It's the opposite of Ned Flanders, where he has a gut, and then he takes a shirt off, and he's ripped. Whereas this is the opposite. She's apparently chubbier when you take her shirt off. And you know what? That's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just noticing, like, there's there seems to be a, a slight difference in the proportions from the rest of the movie. Um, so, yeah, they they agree to take this penguin back to the South Pole, and this is the song, this is that, I don't know, does every movie musical need to have a song that you want to skip? Like, who is this song for when you really think about it? Like, it's a fine song. I got nothing against it, and in a certain way, it actually kind of makes me cry a little bit. Uh, and it did as a kid, too. Like, I was a sensitive kid. I was able to get behind emotions in songs like this. But it's just, it always seems like there's, in kids' movies, there's, like, one song that you're just like, ah, who needs this? And I don't even think it's for the parents, really. Like, I don't think any parent is going to the Chipmunk Adventure being like, oh, I, I hope that it makes me cry and it ma- it's such a sweet movie. It's, you know, the, this the song about a mother... And, you know, it's very sweet, tender lyrics, and, and they're all reminiscing. Because here's another thing, too, and this is something we talked about when we were doing the episode that is lost forever. The Chipettes have no guardian, you know? Like, Dave is in charge of the Chipmunks and, you know, probably manages manages them to a certain degree. He's like, you know, that Spears bastard. Uh, but the Chipettes have nobody, and here's what I like to think and this is you know sometimes when you're a kid you connect dots that aren't really there i like to imagine that miss miller is actually the guardian of the chipettes and but she's just so absent-minded that when dave is like hey can you come and watch the boys while i go to europe for like a week that she's just like oh sure i could definitely do that and then she completely forgets that she's got girls to look after and the girls are just so used to it at this point that they're just like, oh, fuck, Miss Miller. Like, you know what? We're better off without Miss Miller. So, yeah, sure. Go ahead and go watch after the boys. Girls mature faster than boys anyway. As evidenced by the mature decision to completely deviate from the path of the wind, I guess, to go to the South Pole to return this penguin. To its mama. And uh, you know what, girls? You're going to be really damn cold because you're basically wearing, like, sheer clothes and uh, vests and nothing else. And so, yeah, you're going to get chilly. But, yeah, this is just, it's like Cheer Up Charlie, this song. You know, it's like, you just got to, like, okay, do we need to take a bathroom break at this point in the movie? Like, sure, go ahead. For the next two minutes, you're safe. You can just skip the song. But keep playing the movie so you don't actually lose anything. Now you got these two guys. Did you notice that, like, Dave and the two villains are the only ones, and Miss Miller, are the only white characters in this movie? You know, like, the the cops and the other crooks and stuff are not white. Any of tribe that they come across, like, this, these fucking cannibals, and then, you know, in Mexico City, they're, or, in, yeah, in Mexico City, they're obviously not white people and i'm not saying it needs more white people i'm just saying it's interesting the choice of ethnicities that they give these characters and technically the villains aren't even american 
So it's really just Miss Miller and Dave. Ooh, this close up on on Claudia's face. That's like harkens back to old Disney. That's like the evil queen looking down the barrel of the camera, being like, I'm going to fuck those chipmunks up. Which I believe is an exact quote from uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I'm going to fuck those chipmunks up. We'll talk about that that movie someday and how offensive it is with its language. How did this penguin get separated in the first place? Like, did they just and where okay, now I'm confused again because where did the girls get these like parkas? Man, I'll tell you what, here's the thing. I don't mind when cartoons pull things like from behind their back that weren't there before, but you gotta have some kind of logic and consistency. That's all I'm saying. Consistency is what I look for in my animated movies. They're like, Alright, fuck off now. We we here you go. There's also something about, like, Disney villains. We've talked about this before, too, I think, or something on the show, where certain movies, certain 2D movies, particularly, like, old Disney movies and then, like, the Don Bluth company are, like, the grown-ups or the human characters move. It's almost like there's too many drawings like they move very slowly and there's like a lot of like subtlety in their faces and stuff like i can think of like just off the top of my head like something about the way that cinderella looks in the original disney movie and like moves and talks that always kind of creeped me out and like yeah this guy is like he was like reaching for the dolls in like super slow motion cuz there's just like way too many frames it seems I don't know anything about animation. Dan knows more about animation than me, but I believe you need what twenty-four at least twenty-four or twelve if you're shooting if you're doing on the twos. And this looks like they got like seventy. It's like a bad. It's like uh, the Hobbit. That's what it looks like. Just like ugh, this gives me a headache. Jeanette is just a hot mess, man. Again, she just doesn't know what to do with herself. Now Brittany's all looking out for the boys. Meanwhile, like Simon's like trying to warn you, like, don't go into that storm or you're going to end up crashed on an island. And then they're like, fuck you, Simon. We're going to go scuba diving. Why would uh, Theodore have a craving for mushrooms? This doesn't make sense. Doesn't seem like something that Theodore would want. Things are about to get real offensive here in this movie. The Prince of Plenty. Yeah, you know, like, anytime I mention the moon... Uh, it always shines through the clouds. Every time I just refer to the moon, it, it's always like, boom, the moon's like, hey, I'm the moon. Here I am. Um, This is an interesting set piece. Dan mentioned that, too. He, he liked this 
it's kind of like it, it almost like kind of looks like a volcano but in the inside is like this bog with all these alligators or crocodiles or whatever they are and uh so yeah they they have to cover band their way out of this worry burry moment here Ugh. here's the thing I, at, at least at least to this movie's credit I don't recall them mentioning where where this islander is supposed to be. So, like, we don't really know what nationality or what country these cry, these cannibals are supposed to be living. I assume they're cannibals, just like, you know, I mean, they're going to sacrifice. The, I mean, technically he's a chipmunk, but they look pretty damn humanoid. I mean, let's be honest. They don't look anything like actual chipmunks. And uh, I don't, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, this 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 kind of, no, I don't even want to say that. I was going to say it kind of harkens back to The Witch Doctor, that song, but not really. Because it's not really like a witch doctor, in the, you know, so I don't know. It's it's just strange, this woolly bully. Those alligators look like they're, the crocodiles look like they're straight out of Peter Pan, like slapping the water, like. With their tongues sticking out. This, uh, this chief guy just really getting into this and just fucking shit up. <laughs> I like how, you know, a guy being thrown a hundred feet into the air is what like, Hey, what was the, that's what triggers the chipettes. They've got the chipmunks. The alligators are working in unison now to So you got like two different enemies in this scene. Here's the, and I'm also confused about like, uh, so now they're just deliberately setting these ropes on fire. And it's like, well, how are you going to sacrifice anybody else in the future if you need to? You know, like, you're kind of, you're throwing away your first line of defense in a way. And now these gator crocs have a taste for flesh. Oh, he climbed out. Yeah, that's right. He just ate the torch. We're nearing the end, I think. Here, let's see. Where are we at here? We got uh, about 12 minutes left in this movie. This, her condo, apartment, whatever this is, looks like it's straight out of 1987. Real tacky, and it's got those colors. And look at this guy with his tiny-ass robot. See, like, he's got something going on with him, too. I, I, like, forget all of the jokes that we've been making this whole time. Like, the animators are choosing, like, look what they put this guy in. Like, this short robe. And, yeah, I, I, I gotta think that Dave is actually, you know... 
a bit of a daddy. Okay, so now this is where the butler is communicating to Interpol, and it's like, now they catch him. So, like, okay, you got the grown-up part of this movie that's, like, actually progressing while the kids are being sacrificed to cannibals. And as a kid, it's just like, I I didn't need that. (laughs) Like, I don't know if it's good or bad half the time to put, like, that, you know, a kid, clearly, a kid cannot understand this plot but is it does that mean you shouldn't do a plot like this for a kids movie or is it just like no you gotta just this is for the grown-ups look at the way the guy's running come on klaus yeah here they are in their loincloths and their belly dancer outfits and it's uh just really by coincidence that they managed to escape. Like, okay, here's some cleverness on Simon's part, which I, I also don't think that there's this much um, waste, this trash, this this level of trash on an airplane that would collapse two people. This, now this song, here we go. This is pure 80s and also like the next best song in this movie. And you know what? This is another thing that kids' movies do sometimes is where they make danger look like super fun. Like I would want to go down the luggage belt if uh, if it meant going down a cool slide like that. Look how slow. See, they're all moving so slow. There's just way too many frames. It sucks to be a cartoon adult. You just can't move above a certain pace. See now this uh this is why stranger danger was was a thing back in the 80s. This is why they 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 started teaching it in the 80s because of shit like this like oh well we'll just tell over with a babysitter. You know like you know and that's why you have to have that family code word now. I remember that. I remember learning about that in school for the first time where they're like, "Hey, here's here's something that we all think is a good idea that kids should start doing and families should start doing." So you know that there's no Kidnappers. I don't know how popular kidnappers were back in the day, but you'd think that kidnappers were on every corner. Hey, that generic red hat looks like Alvin's. Inspector Jamal. Once again, I'm getting caught up listening to the song. It's just pretty damn good. This movie's going to wrap up pretty pretty quickly and simply. It's, you know, it's just a a little bit of car, uh, just, you know, a car wreck on the road, and and that'll get you free. Where did Miss Miller get this car? Like what again, this is why I think that Miss Miller is kind of in charge of the Chipettes. Because she's clearly got some money because where does she afford this beautiful pink Cadillac? 
that is not from 1987, by the way. It's got to be at least from the 50s. I mean, because most cars were... Costa Rica. Is that where they're supposed to be from? I don't know. And this is... uh, you know, it's not quite Indiana Jones level of like they didn't do anything to affect the plot. But like, you know, it's like you would you you kind of want uh the char- the main characters to get out of the situation on their own. You know? So like uh the fact that they they're pretty much fucked and then Miss Miller just happens to come by at that moment is what saves them. Uh, you know, I I you kind of want the chipmunks to gain the upper hand. And I guess they had the upper hand earlier, but I don't know. There's nobody else on this road. Like, literally, there's not a single car on what looks like to be a major highway in what looks to be probably, I would have to assume, is California. I mean, they are, like, recording artists, so it's not New York. There's palm trees, so. can't tell if Miss Miller is an offensive drawing either. I mean, you know, she's not intended to be any kind of cliche or anything like that, but thanks for all of your help. That's the last time I'll leave my boys alone for two weeks. And again, they had fucking dolls filled with diamonds and cash that I'm willing to bet is worth a hell of a lot more than $100,000. If only they would have just, they could have just grabbed one of those dolls and been like, let's just go home. We're good. We're set. We could gamble it all. And, um, yeah, this is this is pretty much it. You know, Alvin wants his money. Um, like, like, you know, you can understand a child recording artist would be like, hey, when do I get the money that I earned? And then Dave's like, not now, Alvin. I need to spend that on my next vacation. And then we fade out to some blue credits, which is terrible. Um, this was a bad choice. These blue credits, we mentioned that in the episode too. Like this and the movie Life with Mikey also have like just these credits on this blue background and it quite frankly it hurts the eyes and it doesn't make it look like a movie. If you you know, and we've also talked about how credits these days are just like a production in and of themselves. I'm I don't know what's worse, honestly. If to to do a, a fifteen minute credit sequence like movies usually do these days, or to do like just a couple minutes, but put it against a blue background. Um, I'm gonna say they're equally bad. And that's uh that's pretty much it. That's the Chipmunk Adventure. Uh, you know, not the most entertaining episode. I understand, but dire straits sometimes lead to 
these types of situations. And uh, I appreciate you all listening and sitting through this episode. Uh, but hey, if uh, you check your feed, you'll see that there's another bonus episode that we're releasing today just because I, I felt bad. Well, actually, we were going to release it anyway. I just chose to hold it until today because this uh, it is what it is, folks. The Chipmunk Adventure from 1987 um, in our 90 under 90 A to Z. That's the letter C. And uh serves me right. Next time I won't be doing some gimmick like this, this A to Z thing. I have no problem finishing it, and I'm going to see it through because that's the kind of guy I am. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I won't do a gimmick like this again because of my own potential errors. So uh, thank you for listening to us this week. We will be back next Thursday with the letter D in our 90 under 90 A to Z. And until then, on behalf of Dan Eden and Katie Binkley, I'm Jeremy Eden. That's a wrap. What do you mean you're out of chocolate? How can that be?